everywhere early on. Oh, oh, he's got a kidney's fourth. The dancing feet of don't mind Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphie. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone and the Essendon Football Club is four and one. Third, second, second, second on, on the ladder. ladder. So you could even sneakily say equal first because they're equal same amount of games. Well, we're first. Saints. That's what I'm saying. We're on top of the ladder. <laughs> so, no, look, uh, what a start to the year after a... Five games, top two. Again, but the thing is I'm super confused because we played slightly less talented opposition in the first three and then we played the best. We played the premiership favourites. We played a really, really good side and we beat them. Like from minute one, we didn't fall over the line. We beat them. So I'm confused. Is that a massive (laughs) launching pad for the rest of the season or was that a heaven forbid fluke? Now, I don't think it's a fluke because I think it was a very good system-based team that's, that's coming. But I think we'll know a lot more in the next three or four weeks. I agree. I yes. still think I just want to see it repeating. No, not not so much even wins. No, no, no. But that yeah, I but agree. But just a real the competitive, effort, yeah, incredible. Effort. Either we win or very, very hard to beat. Yep. And then I'll then I'll kind of go. Okay, we're really coming on as a side now. So, what a fantastic. Win for the club. Uh, you couldn't get a more team performance from complete coaching, the assistant coaches, the every twenty three players that ran onto that field. It was it was just one of those days and and moments as an Essendon fan that you just celebrate. Uh, you don't during the game. I was an absolute nervous wreck, and um, there's some games I go I almost don't enjoy because I'm when we get out to an early lead against the premiership favourites. You you almost have like this opposite reaction to what it should be. You should be excited, but you're so nervous because you're just expecting the demons to go, okay, and we'll step up again. Yeah, yeah. But credit to the guys. They just did not put the foot off the pedal. And one great thing about this game, it was first 40 minutes of the game was dry. The last 40 minutes was wet. It didn't alter anything. No, it was we, we looked like a wet weather team. <laughs> I know. <it laughs> Which was, is weird to say. We beat them in the dry. We beat them in the wet. And we beat them for four quarters. Uh, despite that little last five, ten minutes, who cares? Yeah. It, we were all over them. And we could have won that game. I think we should have won that game by six or seven goals. A lot more. Our, our really damaging players, the players that are in our side that are really damaging when they're up at about Phillips, Draper, uh, Package, Caldwell, the entire midfield, those guys did what I just said. They were really, really damaging. Like they um, – the the two ruck thing is now that's it. I mean, Andy, Andy Phillips is never allowed to have a child ever again um, because he has to be with Sammy backing him up for the rest of the season. I'm sorry, <laughs> mate. Um, but – the damaging players like Draper, who on his day can be anything, the boy, um, kick three, told the entire South Australian public and his and his friends and family all about it. Um, and we just looked, we looked dangerous. We really did. Like the midfield, there's so many people to shout out. Will Snelling, who came in and just looked like a tackling machine. Um, 
Zach and uh, Will Setterfield, who, interestingly enough, we have on the show tonight. Um, incredible tackling machines, 10 tackles from Will. The Ds didn't know what hit him. And I, I've seen us play like the Ds in the last couple of years. You get the ball and you've got two blokes hanging off you and the best you can do is a cross across your body in the general direction of your goals. And that's what Melbourne did for the majority of the game. Their kicks were across the body, they were floating, and that's because we had two Essendon blokes hanging off his rear end. Yeah, and, you know, you knew something's going right and you've got you got Jakey Stringer having double efforts, tackling, harassing... Every player at the moment is bought into Scott's message and, uh, gee, it's fun being an Essendon fan right now. Yeah. And, and, look, uh, you know, everyone will scream down the microphone as long will get, you know, be realistic. It's a long way yeah, to... Lives we, on we, that stuff, yep. We know that. But but it's just you can still enjoy the moment and be 4-1 and one and going, this is a great start. And, uh, you know, remember where the club was in November last year? You remember the headlines yeah. and you remember where we were? Absolutely. And, uh, this is, this is you know, remember Damien Barrett and February and March and we're a rabble and we're a disgrace yep. and and it's April. and the we're ticking time bomb at Essendon and all this BS. And, you know, we're a very competent professional club right now and, and when you're having – you know, third and defense, <laughs> uh, you're you're having massive changes at the club, and it's just I'm loving every bit of it. I'm loving all the players buying into it. Uh, you know, it's I'm just loving Brad Scott not getting running away with things, just allowing the boys to celebrate, sing the song, get it, and then from what you'll hear with um, when we interview uh, Will Setterfield a bit later. He says that's it. He, he wants the, the journey is going to take much longer. He appreciates that there's going to be mistakes made and things may not go their way, but they're keeping a level head on it. I, I have no doubt they celebrated really well, but they're keeping a level head on it. Um, but I think from a, from a fan's point of view, to get three wins last year, we, we had to wait to around 14 or 13 or something like that. Yeah. We've got it. Like we're, we're four and one, man, and we're second on the ladder. <laughs> Enjoy it. Enjoy We've got it. a massive game against the, the Dirty Pies this week. And if we lose, man, we lose. All right, cool. But enjoy now as an Essendon supporter, and it's okay to enjoy now. It really is. Yeah, and let's talk about Brad Scott for a sec because just it's a very small example, right? And I think Essendon fans will understand what I'm trying to say is I think previous coaches, we had one of those coaches that, you know, you play, everyone plays – the, the position and they almost played out to the rest of the game and 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 you know let's call it an example Fritz early on the kicks two goals uh, in the first quarter looks dangerous looks a touch too mobile for Laverde and, and what does Brad Scott do that we probably haven't seen historically he says no nah, that matchup isn't working Rids you're on him mm. so let's switch Rids shuts him out for the rest of the game I know that sounds small. But it's just we don't usually have that. Like a proactive, proactive yeah. <laughs> coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tactically, you're like, oh, he makes moves. Like he can see things early on and 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 corrects them early on. And he 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 goes, you know, we'll we'll no doubt have a chat to uh, Will after the break and discuss about his his role with Oliver. But he he has a run with role with Oliver and and, and you know, especially that first half really negates his presence and we get the ascendancy in that first half big time. Uh, so he's, he, he says, let's go with the two Ruckman and let's really work over grinding and get him physically tired. And there was definite 
um, moments in that game where you saw Grundy just couldn't run anymore yeah. and he couldn't get to the contest and then Phillips was marking and we just had small tactics like um, when we kicked it long, what would happen is would, would Draper and Grundy uh, look like they're going for the, the mark, Draper would negate Grundy and then Phillips would come in from the side uh, so basically he's taking Grundy out of the contest, yeah, but exactly legally. What's happening, yeah. But then Phillips is coming from the side and Mark it and then they go on. So at every inch of his We're tournament. just doing different things that are tactical and smart and and you know, I, I even went, Oh, geez, Hindy the right sub and I wasn't sure and then he comes on, kicks two goals, and you're like, geez, Scott, I I, I never – this is a coach that has corrected me big time. Everything has gone right. Everything has gone right. But I also think – I don't think it's quantum physics, man. I don't think – I mean, Heindy is a sub. He's, he's earned his position as sub, right, from the – And he's a hypo super sub. And he, hypo super good. sub. You can play him anywhere you like. So he makes sense. Now, you, you can't really sort of go, oh, it was a good, it was a good sub um, because he kicked two goals. Now, that was just a bit of added I gravy. think most people thought, oh, look, Hobbs Pop might be the sub because he's yeah, played he's so well. Yeah, he's got 30-odd, 30-odd. But he, he chose the, the high, high-impact player that could play forward yeah. um, and kick some goals and, and just have some, you know, a lot of run. And it worked out to perfection. Now, I want to point out um, my love of statistics, old stats, Grantos. Um, and that's, what, that's what they call you. Stats, Grantos, that's what they call me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so quarter one, man, I just want to point this out as a, as a telling statistic. Um, quarter number one, the, the amount of issues that we've had in quarter number one this season, right, sort of not turning up, kicking 18 million points, and just generally not getting off to a good start. Well... In this game, we had one, two, three, four, five blokes as the highest possession getters in the first quarter. Parrish with 13. Durham, again, heard an incredible start with 12. Merritt, 10. McGrath, 9. And Ridley, who I swear I'm going gonna, I'm going to get a very large poster on Punt Road or something or over the Tullamarine Freeway celebrating that bloke as being the most underrated footballer in the world. Mm-hmm. We will continue to celebrate Jordan Ridley from the highest yard arm here at the Lunchtime Catch-Up because he is an incredibly unsung footballer and is incredible for this club every single week. But one, two, three, four, five blokes... Um, and what seven blokes in the top ten in the first quarter in possessions? It shocked Melbourne. They had no mm. idea. Clayton Oliver, who's their main um, uh, ball mover and, and grunt in that midfield, had two possessions because he had six foot four worth of Will Set Will Setterfield hanging off him, um, and that just set up the game. It, it was the kind of start to the game that just shocked Melbourne so much that they didn't recover until the third quarter. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I saw one stat saying that um, Essendon had four guys um, that had who were, who were above 15 disposals but kicked over above 90% efficiency. I think it was Durham, Ridley, uh, Laverde and Happel. And we'll talk about Hep soon. But yeah. and, play, and Melbourne had no players. And, that, and the reason why that stat was because of the wet conditions, that there was – there was um, quite a number of guys that actually still worked at very high efficiency and got the ball a lot. Uh, And then uh, obviously with intercept possessions, we outscored the Demons by 33 points by our intercept has been fantastic this year. Uh, So there's so much going right. (laughs) It's a, it's one of those podcasts you just, you look forward to because you're going, there's so much going well. And that look, it's, I was just like going, oh, I can't wait for our main show. And then I, when I find out Will Setterfield's coming onto the main show, I go, this, yeah. this is like the perfect scenario. It's fun for us, guys. <laughs> I'll give you the hot tip. Uh, yeah, so it, it was just 
uh, it was just such a great thing. And and look, let's talk about HEPs now because uh, – and I think uh, kudos to a lot of Essendon fans because uh, I have seen a lot of social media was saying, hey, I got it wrong. I actually punted him too early. Yeah. I admit it. Uh, credit, so credit to all you guys who are doing that. And, and, and you know, even on our podcast we, we said – Two weeks ago, so we've got to be fair as well that maybe it's time that he plays some VFL. Uh, Scott stuck with him, and the last two games he's been just a hundred percent and ninety three percent efficiency, and not just that. Really, with the Melbourne game, it was his defensive work, his positioning defensively. He looked like he was everywhere. Yeah, and it was just it was it was he played a fantastic game, and if you keep playing like that, yeah, you can you can get a game anytime and. Uh, Credit to to Hebs. Yep. Uh, another guy who we, have we actually we haven't mentioned too much this year in the games, but Sammy Durham in the uh, he's he's what a game he played, mate. Twenty four touches, and I, again, I've, I've I've said this before. Old stats, Grandos is you've got your merit Parish and Shield all in the thirties. I mean, Shield's twenty eight, close enough, but you've got thirty five, thirty four, and twenty eight. That gives you. At the end of a game, that's going to give you com, com, like being competitive, like being really competitive if you've got those three guys getting the possessions that they normally get. But then when you have at number, what is that, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven most possessions um, with S. Durham at 24, and then you've got Andy McGrath at 24, and then Ridley at 23, and Laverde at 20, right? So when you've got the back line dominating as much as they were, when you've got those higher stats from the support players like Durham and McGrath and and um, Laverde and the like, mm. that's what puts you over the top because the midfield alone can't do it. But when the other players like Durham who's stepping up and having having a really good year on the ground, he's good in the air, he's good, he's tough. We know that, um, but he's really taking a next step as a footballer, and he's he's got to be close to some of the first picked every week. Now, when we when we got him from Richmond, I, I thought, oh, is he going to be a long term player for us? I, I don't know. I mean, Richmond let him go, and I, I'm not sure what he is. But I I I look at that bloke now, and he gets picked every week every week yeah. for me just just because of his versatility and toughness. And you mentioned the other guy; he was actually in my votes in the end when I watched I rewatched the game. Andy McGrath, yeah, he had a fantastic game, and and he's probably a guy that we again, you know, we probably have mentioned in guys we haven't spoke about. That should be spoken about because he's had a really good year, and he's yeah. probably aligned with Dylan Shield as well. As far as guys who are just having really solid years, we should be talking um, louder about. Yeah, yeah. And I was even thinking during the game, just him and Ridley were just cleaning up everything, and, I, and it just dawned on me again. Oh, they were actually the first two selections in the same draft, yeah. uh, and you know that if that McGrath comes out, you know. And, and gets and just keeps performing like that, and he's probably still got another level to go to. But, I was going to say, get used to it because that's um, the McGrath that we know he can do. Yeah, then he he's he's in that kind of McGrath is matching the guys around him in that draft. Yeah, um, uh, because McCluggage is actually having a bit of an off year. Um, and, Taranto uh, goes okay. Taranto goes okay, but he's not going to. He's not. He's not setting the world on fire for Richmond, but he's getting numbers. But yeah. they're not, not overly hurting the opposition. But McGrath's playing really, really good footy, and I, and I'm, I'm just wrapped for him. And him and Kelly, and you, you know, if you think of the, him and McGrath, you think of Pickett and Spargo. They're two dangerous, small. They did nothing. Did like, nothing, man. Yeah, they did nothing. And both so. of those blokes would have the leg speed on both of those players, 
but it shows you how good they are in positioning and, and the like to be able that Spargo and, and the other, um, what's his face, um, they did nothing for the whole game. Another person I want to shout out is, again, we've, we've said that all year so far, it's um, Carl Langford. Yeah, Mr. Fixer, eh? Uh, Mr. Fixer, man. Two more. Um, He's the leading goal kicker for the club this yeah, year. Yeah, two more yeah. goals for the man. Just we'll play you forward this week, Carl. All right, guys, no problems. And he does really well. He's just there, – there's no reason – sorry, there's no wonder a few years back a lot of clubs wanted to get hold of um, Carl Langford, right? Because he really is now performing – at a very, very high level, week in, week out. And it shows yeah, you... Yeah, that goal he kicked on the boundary line. He just... Oh, is it, to actually... There's one thing just to just shove aside Stephen May with... with just, yeah. Just like, get out of my way. But then just in the wet, pick it up and just... Just dribble it. How long was that? 35, 40? 45, yeah. yeah. And just dribble it through, man. Like, he's... he's in Mr. Fix-It, we know this, but... What a valuable player um, to the club at both ends of the ground, um, and especially when he can just grab those two. And like you said, he's the leading goal kicker at the club. Um, another guy I think, and Scotty, I'd love to get your opinion on this, is that I know there's more in him than what he's showing. I think there's a breakout few games coming from this kid, and it's Perkins. Yeah, it's funny because he does play the role, you know, I was reminded again, another coach from another club, was just mentioning about their similar role and said, you, you know, it is the hardest role on the ground to play because you it, it, it it's the most inconsistent a player will be in that high half-forward role because mm. it's just a, a very tricky role to play. So he obviously had the big breakout game, might have even been round one with yeah. the Hawks. But then he kind of went, kind of, He's just been in the okay. Yeah, but like not mode, bad. like yeah, one yeah. goal yeah. and you know it feels like I don't know the exact stats, but it feels like 10 possessions kind of games but yeah, he's he shows you again, you know, even just that that play how strong his hips are. There's a yeah. play on the weekend the guy tried to tackle him and just just didn't, did no didn't chance. Work. It just, just didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah. Um and and he and he actually kicked it long and actually Menzies should have marked it um 10 yards out but he didn't um but yeah, he he gives you glimpses He's always dangerous. That's I think that's the thing. I think he plays well at the G for some reason. So maybe Anzac Day. Yeah, nice. See, uh, uh, but yeah, he's he's not starring. But I'd he's like to see but he plays play. go through him. Like I don't know. You can't just sort of say, "Hey, where's Archie? I want to go through Archie, right?" But I uh, was expecting a bit more midfield time, even if it was twenty percent. I must admit, I just thought he would rotate a okay. bit more to get into the game. But hasn't been the case at all. Like he hasn't at all gone through yeah. the midfield. So, but. Um, yeah, I mean, him and Cobble are pretty similar. They're both, both having these opportunist moments uh, where they look clean, they look good. But like I said, it's a hard role to play, um, to, to, to always star in. Um, so it's... Will it's, Snelling walks in the door, just does exactly what Will Snelling was in the side to do. Uh, if you, look, if you took his last two VFL games in this game, his tackle count... Is 10, 9, 10 or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like nuts. 29 tackles in three yeah. games. And I know the VFL, but he's just a tackling machine. That play on the outer wing, he did three. Three tackles, man. Three efforts. It was just, he was just hanging on for dear life, one of the guys. It's just, he just scraps and scraps. And, um, you know, obviously, you never like to see Davey leave the side, but you want a like for like pressure guy to come in and. Big time. It, that was such a performance that it's actually I just can't see him getting out. No, 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 no. He's he was a bit too good. <laughs> a one percent, um, really important one percenter for us. Yeah, and he's, you know, I because I, I mentioned and because I was talking about you know, and we'll 
Just very quickly, we all know the merit situation, right? Um, yeah. Frustrating. I won't go into it because it's frustrating. It's useless, yep. We do ask Will Setterfield. Well, actually, we'll ask Will Setterfield yeah. about it. Um, but I said, I, I was saying on Twitter that, you know, I think I think what will happen is likely Hobbs will come in, but I think Caldwell may get moved to the midfield and Hobbs, his high half forward role. Mm. And then someone asked me, you like, well, you know, wouldn't Colwell tag Dacos? Which is a fair question because it's actually – and it made me stop and think. But it wouldn't surprise me if a Snelling could – because Dacos is not a big guy. Um, Which one? The back line Dacos? Yeah, or the, yeah the back line, Nick. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if even a Snelling could possibly do uh, a bit of a negating I would like to see him physical with that bloke, Because yeah. it has to happen. Like Nick's obviously getting away on the chain yeah. way too easily – for because it's not just the forty-two possessions and you know, five from kickouts or six of them have been kickouts. Oh really? Okay, another um, one. Um, but uh, but it's not just a bit. But he, he does it at such a high degree percentage, and and he's kicking forty-meter kicks accuracy on an accuracy that's yeah, setting okay. up their score. So, and it was Ross Lyon after the Saints game said, "Yeah, we did make a mistake not tagging him." So I'm hope I wonder okay. if Brad Scott noticed that comment. Uh, I just want to put somebody on him that's dangerous, so he has to be accountable. So that chain is six inches long as opposed to being able to run for miles. Yeah, well, uh, Collingwood's actually got a, a, a few things of their own concern. Obviously, the merit situation is not great for us, but, you know, they've lost a lot of structural players. I mean, Jeremy Howe's obviously not going to play. Yep. Um, Nathan... Um, Who cares? Yep. Uh, it's oh. who cares That's his last name <laughs> Nathan who cares It'll come to me oh. Yeah um, But yeah you've got You know I, I haven't heard the The Adams outcome yet Of his Of his tribunal appeal Got 16 weeks But uh, <laughs> But look if, if he comes out Then obviously that's a bit they're, they're in an under grunt Yeah big time uh, McStay uh, Nathan Murphy Sorry Nathan Murphy's Actually oh, Outside Murphy. of Essendon okay. Nathan Murphy's my favourite defender In the AFL That's just Don't my, tell me that Anyway yeah But uh, he's fantastic But him being out he plays such a key role. He's their kind of their Jake Kelly kind of real tough nut. Sorry, Jake. Um, uh, <laughs> I know you hate Collingwood. But, sorry, Jake. Uh, but yeah, with McStay out, uh, they've got no Cox. They've got no um, <laughs> basically no Ruckman. Uh, who was the guy that they played on the Ruck? Don't care. Um, um, McStay. Oh, Frampton. Frampton. Yeah, yeah. So there's opportunity for Scott to coach this game again. Yeah. I mean, the two Ruckman's kind of the obvious one to go, well, let's, yeah. let's really work out. Hopefully Frampton. someone's given um, Andy Phillips and Sammy Draper a little feet massages and stuff like that <laughs> right now. Um, professional um, podcast. Um, little feet massages and they're relaxing and uh, being brought drinks with little umbrellas in them right now so that they're nice and relaxed because there's no reason why they can't do exactly the same or give more um, what's his face more with the the lovely headband? Um, give him absolute nightmares. Like we made Stephen May look like a second rate defender this week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot going. You know, both teams are going into the game. You know, obviously Peter Wright and Merritt, and you know, yep. so both teams are going to the game. Going, there's some key structural players out that we're going to have to get around. I think Collingwood. Um, has a little bit more of a concern. Even though I have them as slight favourites, I still think they have some serious players that they structurally really rely on that are going to be missing this game. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big opportunity for our club to to kind of grab a little bit of a moment here and sneak. Big so, But it won't be a little bit. Like That'll be a massive deal at the G on Anzac Day if we can have the same belief that we did 
against Melbourne and come out and play that strong against Collingwood and win. Yeah. That's not grabbing a little bit of that's oh, grabbing you, a you, lot like, of momentum. If you beat Melbourne and Collingwood back to back, yeah. You've got to you've <laughs> got to be looking at each other going. That's another question we asked Will Setterfield is sometimes when you beat like we'd we'd love to know, do when you beat the top side like Melbourne, like a really top side, does everybody just stop for a second in the change rooms and goes, Holy crap. <laughs> we just we just pounded that side. Are we any good actually, do you think? <laughs> so if we yeah, if we beat these guys, it's Oh man, I've got two hands on the lid. I've got two hands on the lid, and I'm <laughs> aiming for the open window with the lid, right? So, um, but yeah, no, this this will, this will be a massive game, and I think Brad understands the key to why Collingwood are performing at the moment. And I think I think we've got enough players to be able to do it. The back line is strong. It's um, it's um, consistent. Mm. There, the, we've got the. We've the got players. some good midfield. The good thing is, we do have good midfield depth, and and you know, yes, Merritt, you can't replace Merritt. No, let's I face it. Yep. But you do have Martin Stringer, Colwell, Perkins, and then Hobbs in the VFL. So if you do, you do have um, guys. I mean, but guys that can come into yeah, those yeah. positions, yeah. Um, that that can that can really do damage themselves. So I hope Colwell does. So I hope he's entirely capable of being. Like a first string midfielder, he's he's a first string midfielder on other teams. I would love for him to come into the middle and be part of that first rotation, and really showcase his talents there because he could have a massive game. Yeah, but look, you all want to hear Will Setterfield, so absolutely. So let's go to a break, and after the break, Will Setterfield will join us for fifteen twenty minutes, and we'll talk about everything. So absolutely, uh, hope you enjoy it. See you guys. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, tonight on the show, we, uh, we've we got another really special guest. Um, the club have been very kind um, to give us access to a bloke that was um, drafted in uh, 2016, pick number five. Um, he's 25 years old. His name is Will Satterfield. G'day, Will, and welcome to the show. Uh, g'day, guys, and uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, Will, it's it's such a pleasure to have you on. I think I speak for many, many fans to say that you were absolutely wrapped that you've come across to the club uh, and and look, to be honest, in the first five games, the role that you've played, uh, we felt as fans it was, it was in dire need, the kind of play that you are to come to the club. I'm actually just um, interested in what your perceptions of the Essendon midfield uh, were prior to coming to Essendon and then what those perceptions yeah. are now. Yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, um, I've obviously loved my um, first, you know, three or four months at the club, um, and um, just trying to, you know, play play a massive role for the team each week in the midfield. And um, it's just been awesome working with um, Zachy Merritt and Darcy Parrish and um, Shirley uh, as the main on boards. Um, and yeah, my perceptions all along that you know each of those three guys are absolute A graders um, at their best. Um, I guess my main role is just being able to compliment them um, uh, each week. And um, I think, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth with that at the moment and they're, they're starting to play um, some of their 
best footy. So um, I got to see, you know, firsthand over the preseason how hard um, those boys work. Um, and it was great for me to um, see that and continue to work with them going forward. Mate, the, the question I've got for you, one of the, from a fan's perspective, and that's what the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast is, with sort of two fans doing um, the show. We, yeah. we, we watch the players, we watch the way you guys play. We, we've lamented in the past about game plans and all of that sort of stuff. But putting that aside, from a fan's point of view, and, and even more especially mine, we've been very, I don't know, I'm surprised with your physicality. Now, I don't know if, I, I must say I didn't watch too many um, uh, Carlton games, I must admit, uh, back in the day. <laughs> but um, I've been very surprised, and it's really encouraging to see at 6'4 and a larger midfielder, the kind of physicality you bring to the tackling um, on the inside of the um, uh, on, on the inside of the packs, has that always been part of your game or was that sort of part of your role at Essendon? Um, no, I think that's always been part of my game. I think um, when I was coming through as a junior, uh, playing as a midfielder, um, that was probably like an element of my game that um, probably stood out. Um, I was always physical and um, had kind of higher tackle numbers when I played um, in my draft year. And um, I think, you know, especially for me in my role at, um, at the Bombers is just something that's like a non-negotiable that I can bring each week um, is my pressure and tackling and uh, physicality um, as an insider. So um, it's probably something that has come naturally to me and just um, been out of play midfield and having confidence in the coaches to do that has kind of allowed me to, you know, bring out that best part of my game so far this year. Yeah, as a, uh, I'm, I'm interested with the, the, the Melbourne game that's happened. And obviously, you know, that's as good as a team performance as, as you can get. Incredible from, yeah. win. Well, um, that's a great yeah, win. it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and look, yeah. And, and I think you agree it's – the key to it was from minute one to minute 120. Uh, it was it was a really good focused pressure effort, and you, yourself you yeah, had sure. I, I think yourself you had 32 pressure acts and 10 tackles, which is pretty elite. Uh, so I'm wondering during the week, uh, when did you know that you're going to have a bit more of a role on trying to limiting Oliver's presence or yeah. in, or influence? Uh, yeah, I guess like on the on the team first. Um, applying pressure is like being something Brad um, has, you know, drilled into us, you know, the first week he got to the footy club um, was, you know, chase pressure and just putting pressure on, on the opponents. And I think um, our first five rounds, our, you know, pressure differential stat has been, you know, right up there in the comp. Um, so to be able to do that against, that against the Ds for four quarters is, um, you know, a big reason why we won the game, I reckon. Um, and then for me, um, just to, you know, being able to go to Oliver um, and just reduce his, you know, influence on the game. Um, it was just it, a team role, but um, specifically for me. And I think that Oliver, you know, when he's up and going, he's one of the best mids in the comp. So just to be able to uh, go to him early and uh, not let him have his way um, was, um, you know, what Brad wanted me to do and what Jay wanted me to do. And, um, I, you know, I was just happy to do that. And, I guess it had an impact at the start of the game. I think he signed up with 41 or something ridiculous. So. Yeah, that, that, that um, was useless but, 41, though. It, it wasn't. <laughs> no, not, real, not real special. He earned every single one of them with you hanging <laughs> off him, so nice work. And we, well, look, yeah. we saw the coaches' votes and, you know, there was no Oliver there. So, yeah, exactly uh, right. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. But um, I think, yeah, for me, just to be able to, to play that role and um, negate, you know, 
an opposition mid. Um, when when the coaches need me to do is um, what I'm happy to do, and um, yeah, I'll continue to do it if, if, if I'm asked. Now, mate, it's always interesting from a fan's point of view to try and understand uh, a new coach. We've had a couple of them recently. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's always interesting to try and understand what Brad um, Scott's game plan is when he, when he talks to you guys. Now, I appreciate you can't tell us yeah. things that happen um, behind the behind closed doors and the like. Um, but yeah. how has Brad been and the way he communicates, we, we assume from a fan's point of view that that's one of the main areas of a, of a head coach, how he communicates. How has Brad and the likes of your line coach for Gia, how has that yep. um, helped you or um, has has his message been clear since you've arrived on what you need to do? Yeah, I think, um, I think he has been very clear. I think, you know, for me and a lot of other players, um, there's just, been um, to bring bring out your strengths. Um, each individual's you know different in the way they go about things, but um, just just bring out your strengths and and play on play on instinct from there. And um, they've you know had non-negotiable along the way, which I spoke about earlier with you know chase pressure and um, you know playing system over you know what an individual wants and yeah. stuff like that. But um, I think you know Brad especially is just instilled a lot of confidence in each player to, to, to bring out their best and bring out their strengths. Um, they've both been very open to, you know, mistakes happen throughout games and, you know, you're not always going to get it right. But um, I think if you, you know, still have a, he's been big on still just having a crack and bringing those those foundations every week, we'll, we'll get some results. So I think, you know, the, he's been clear with that every week and hasn't overcomplicated, which I think a lot of boys at the footy club have, you know, really enjoyed just the, simple nature in that. Excellent. And, and I think there's been obviously been a huge focus on the defence. Um, I mean, we've heard Brad yeah. say that a number of times. Huge focus on the defence and helping out the guys in the back line and stuff. Would I be right, Will, in saying that it seems that when 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 the defence is called on and the zones are set up and the like, it's very structured. Like, you can see um, how structured yeah. that is in the training that you've been provided, right? But it seems that when you, when you move the ball forward and the, yeah. the linking handballs and the like... It almost seems to me it's like he said to you guys, righto guys, there is a structure moving back and I want you to do X, Y and 1, 2 and 3. But when we move yep. forward, use your own flair. Use your use your own um, skills and flair in the way that you move the ball forward and we've clearly been scoring really well. Would that be correct? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you're spot on. Like behind the ball and with defense and you know our back six especially have been amazing to start the year but incredible um yeah they've been awesome so i think you know we've tried to play with structure and i think we're trying to grow that every week because a lot of the um structures and systems are new to some players so i think we're trying to evolve that every week but uh one thing they've said that if you know if we get our defensive structures what we're correct we'll get a lot of offensive opportunities off the back of that um yeah and yeah. so you know as you said We've um, been playing with flair going forward, and I think you know we've set up well behind the ball, and that's just allowed us to attack the game going forward. And I think um, it's you know it's it's showing you know that 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 system works, and that we can just play on instincts once once we get the ball back and not not overcomplicate things. I I, uh, I thought we'll one thing. It was interesting that, you know, Stringer, Jones, like Menzi and Perkins, right? Well, like between all four of them, I think they kicked like two or yeah. three two or three goals a total. But you, the whole sides had 29 shots on goal. So yeah. it, it's it, it definitely feels like there's a 
uh, yeah, like you said, like it's a very much a system based yeah. uh, operation, and and you're not relying on individuals, uh, and it's 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 really encouraging. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering after post the Melbourne game. Obviously, Scott's preached, and he's probably preached to the fans and members, right, saying, hey, um, start of the year, you know, look, there's going to have to be patience. Um, we've got a lot of growth, which is which is no doubt that's the, that's the case. But yeah. <laughs> I always wonder, do you all look at each other? And this is just being honest. Do you all look at each other after that Melbourne game going, oh, hang on a sec. That was pretty good, man. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Do you actually go, yeah. oh, how good are we actually? Because uh, do, do is it hard? Is, is it the focus then to just be make sure you're grounded and going, don't go too over the top? Like it's, yeah, it's a fantastic win, but the the journey over this next year or two as a group still has to remain grounded and humbled? Yeah, I think um, you're spot on. Like it's a bit of both. I think with, because um, a win like that against, you know, Melbourne who have been a top team the last, you know, three or four years. Um, so I think for the group that was, you know, amazing. Gives gives us a world of confidence, I reckon. Um, just to be able to beat a side like that, um, and the way the way we went about it. Um, but at the same time, you're right. I think, um, and as Brad said numerous times, like it's a it's a long journey, and we can't, you know, you can't get too far ahead, and you can't uh, live in the past too much. And uh, he he's big on that all the time, just about living in the moment um, and taking it kind of week by week. And um, I think. That's just one thing the group's doing well and is what's allowing us to bring a lot of energy at the moment is just taking each week at a time, even though it's a bit cliche. But um, I think that's one of the main reasons why we're having kind of success to start the year. Excellent. Now, mate, um, the game coming up on Anzac Day, 90,000 screaming um, people um, at the G for Anzac Day. Will be your first Anzac Day game. Um, Any nerves? Any nerves for the big 90,000 plus? Oh, not any nerves yet. I reckon uh, when I run out and there's yeah ninety five thousand there, I might get a bit nervous. But uh, probably more just excitement. Uh, I was a I was a big bombers um, kid growing up. And yeah, went to we a few know Anzac that. Day, yep. Yeah, went to went to a few Anzac Day clashes when I was a young fellow with the family, um, and so I've, I've been to a, a couple of them. So to be able to play and play one is going to be um, pretty awesome. And um, yeah, I'm just can't wait. Like. Yeah, it's going to be, what is it, about a week away now. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm, I'm bloody excited. I know the rest of the boys are. And um, even chatting to a few of them, um, they reckon it'll probably be the biggest one they've ever played in. So, um, okay, what, can I, yeah, can I ask can't why, wait. Sorry, I meant to interrupt. Can I ask why you reckon that's the biggest one they've played in? Like, is it sort of the expectation oh, just, of this season? Or? Second versus third, is it? Just really? probably, Yeah, probably the second versus third. Okay, okay, um, great. Just, well, I guess, the way that both teams have started. Um, yeah. So I think that probably just adds, you know, to the game itself. Just adds probably, um, you know, a bit more atmosphere. Uh, look, now we we obviously you we've all heard the news on the merit appeal, and obviously that yeah, no, yeah. I know that was <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> we won't yeah we won't talk about that one in detail, but yeah. um, is there still you know? I know this sounds funny, but I still have a quiet confidence myself because of we're so system based and 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 yeah. and 
in reality, you know, there's some talented footballers that have been half forward. Like if you're talking Colwell and Perkins and Stringer, that yeah, can really that can really rotate through that same kind of position. And even a Nick Martin can, you know, can can you know has that real polish. Uh, is that how you would approach it yourself and go, look, okay, that's happened. Now we've kind of got to move on and and just keep the system, keep the same message, play the same way. You don't have to do anything crazy special as an individual. Just keep the same team ethos. Yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on. Um, I, you know, we've got plenty of guys knocking down the door and on um, getting into that that midfield um, inside mid time with you know Archie and and Jai, um, especially that are playing half forward that could easily slot into the to the midfield and then as you said with Nick Martin playing on the wings he can kind of young Hobbs yeah young Hobbsy as well Hobbsy's, the- Hobbsy's been dominating the AFL yeah. um, and then we know Jake can come in and turn the game on its head so um, I, I think there will be a bit of that even though it's obviously hard to replace uh, your skipper definitely with, exactly yeah. merit, um, with the way he's playing his footy at the moment so it, it will definitely be a, you know kind of next man up philosophy and Got to get on with it and still game to be won. So, mate, you know, a bit of that as well. you know, they give out a medal at the end of that Anzac Day game, right? Yeah. So, there could, <laughs> there could be S Setterfield three votes in that game, mate. There's, there's, a, there's a name you haven't mentioned there that can step up um, and really <laughs> take those uh, Zachy Merritt possessions, and it's S Setterfield. Um, but to get, yeah. to get, I mean, we've always needed a bigger body in the middle. Um, bless all of our um, midfielders. We love them to death, but um, they're not exactly reaching stuff off the top shelf. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but to get the likes of yourself with some experience, some AFL experience as well in that midfield, yeah. I'd, as much as we, we hate losing Zach, to have someone like yourself with that sort of um, experience and ability to lift um, our midfield as well. It makes life. It must make life so much easier for the um, the selectors and the like to bring in Hobbsy to um, to do that role, and then Will Setterfield can um, uh, can step up and and sort of use his maturity to take on some of that Zach uh, Merritt responsibility. Yeah, um, I mean, I I certainly think um, whichever mix we go with going to the game, um, we'll be more than capable of um, stepping up to the plate and. That'll just be a whole group effort, I reckon. And whoever is having their day and dominating is, is having their day. And um, it could could be any one of us that, that is in there. Um, and we know how you know Taz and Sheila started the year as well. In there, both, um, yeah, they're both absolutely dominating. So um, I just think with whatever mix we go with, we're going to be um, more than capable enough of, of um, having massive influence on the game. And, um, yeah, I just can't wait to run out there with the lads and in the first time that day. So looking forward to it. Look, we've only got you for another minute. So uh, look, just All good. A, 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 question, a quick question. Um, I watched a lot in the preseason. I'm just – your experience of going yeah. through the preseason, um, just with Essendon, obviously your first time with the guys. Having a look earlier yeah. on when he wasn't injured, like guys like Sardis and Cox and then you got Reed and Hobbs – yeah. Do yep. you do you? This is how we feel, and this is us as a podcast. It feels like there's still so much growth because there's so much kind of high end young talent to. Oh, for sure. To, yeah. You know, obviously, once their bodies are fine, to start kind of infiltrating through to the side. It, you know, you've only just turned twenty five, so 
do you kind of clearly see that and going, look, if we can get this right over the next three, four years, we can really be a big impact team? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think. Yeah, I forget how young these guys are sometimes, and I gen- I don't feel old. That's for sure. Only turning twenty five, but I um I forget that you know Hobbsy's only nineteen still. Stardust is eighteen still. Um, two then, two know, Davies. Cox, <laughs> yeah, the two the Davy boys, and then Cox and Perko and Reedy are all in their third year. Do so, you feel old at twenty five, um, Will? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did. I did a little bit when I rocked up because I think at Carlton I was probably just middle of the pack, and then. <laughs> Got, got to the Bombers and I was all of a sudden one of the older guys. So, <laughs> 25. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. So, um, no, it, it, it is a lot like that. And I think for all the older boys at the club, that just provides so much energy because you get a buzz out of the younger boys because um, you know how much energy they come to the club with every day. They're just chomping at the bit to run around and um, play footy. So I think that is massive for the group and it does um, provide a bit of what's to come in the future if we can keep building on, on what we're going with at the moment. Could I actually, just before Grant asked the very vital question, I've got a bit of a funny oh, one with you. When Draper gets the ball out of the middle and starts running, does anyone, in the, does anyone in the team know what's going to happen next? <laughs> Is there? <laughs> no, nah. oh, it's hard to know. He gets a bit of time of vision at times, he's fella, but um, <laughs> no, nah, it's good. You know how he's awesome, he isn't plays. he? He's just, he's so good. Yeah, he's just, um, he's just a hundred percent all the time, and um, it's a, it's a bit like that with the big boys. You just got to let them run free at times. So, <laughs> Especially um, Sammy. <laughs> yeah, big Sammy. You, kick, you can kick goal of the year doing it, so you never know. But, exactly right. Um, no, nah, he's he's so fun to play with, and he's just another one that is um, brings a bit, lot of personality and a lot full of energy beans. to the team, and yeah, yeah full of beans. And um, he had a blinder on the weekend. They. Oh, the, well, the two um, Ruckmen were just they, amazing, weren't the they? The two Ruckmen, yeah, they just absolutely dominated. Um, so I think he kicked three on the weekend, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he gets going when he gets out of the ruck, but um, he's, yeah, just a competitor. And certainly let the, certainly let the family him. know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't he? Loves the celebration. <laughs> now, mate, we like, we dead said have to let you go. We appreciate that. Just a quick no, question, mate. What do you what do you get up to on the weekends when you're not playing? Like we uh, we see you're part of the golf crew, the uh, the parish golf <laughs> yeah. crew, or uh, what do you get up no, to when you're not um, when you're not playing footy? I have found myself part of the uh, golf crew pretty quickly. I, uh-huh. uh, I've played a, I've played a lot of golf with uh, Parish and um, Sammy Durham of late, so. Um, I'm part how, of that. How are you hitting them? I do. Uh, not too bad. I'm, um, yeah, I, I hold up my arm with those boys, which is, which is what I want. So okay, good. Gets pretty, gets pretty competitive out there. Joe um, Menzies said he probably wasn't holding up his own at this stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe has a crack. He's got a bit of work to do, but he certainly uh, has a crack. I like that. Certainly still has a crack, which is all you can ask. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of boys that play golf at the club, though, which is good. Um, It'll be a nice yeah, getaway, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it's good. We do spend a lot of our days off um, driving out the courses and, and getting out of, out of town, which is nice. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good way to do it. Beautiful. All right, mate. Well, we did. We have to let you go. Um, we really want to thank you All again for, for joining us on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. Um, no everybody worries. that's out there and listening, Will will be playing um, right in the middle. Uh, this coming uh, Anzac Day when we uh, hopefully pound the pies into submission. Um, again, mate, thank you very much for your time and continue on with your incredible season. Uh, all good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Will.
Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, mate, another incredibly good interview, if we do say so ourselves. Uh, we're, we're, we're flying <laughs> along. ourselves up there. Absolutely, we're flying along. But no, we meant from Will. Um, uh, just the, the, the players that we're getting to talk to, they're... Like the the time and, the, and effort and the answers and the like that they give us is is really really appreciated. So a, a massive thank you again to Will Satterfield and the club. Yeah, look, um, it, it was yeah, it's I can't believe we get to do that, but um, but uh, pretty humbling. But uh, it's just awesome to <laughs> just suddenly have oh, you here's Will just, Setterfield on the line. Have I, a chat no, to what's him what's interesting minutes. is when when the club gives you Will Setterfield's mobile <laughs> and you oh just Will Setterfield's calling we gotta we gotta give well, we, we rang him so we've, it's just amazing that we get to see the guys on the on the field and we get to in, interview them personally like that. So we really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Yeah so look um uh, just wrapping up this show, uh, it's it, um, it's been a bit of a longer one. Uh, I, I went to the VFL. Um, actually, two things: the VFLW, fantastic win uh, by the girls, a two point win uh, against close Kate, one. Yep. against Casey, uh, really really close one. I were <laughs> I thought they were comfortably up by like fifteen or sixteen with a with a few minutes to go, but Demons uh, kicked two quick goals and they had a mild panic attack, but they held on really strong. So. Uh, a fantastic win by the girls, so congratulations. Uh, and, uh, you know, Paige Scott kicking three goals, by the way. She, she's a gun. Uh, I think she got concussed, though, so she's out the next week. So that's unfortunate. So wishing you all the best, Paige. Uh, now, the, then following that was the VFL, um, VFL boys. Uh, now, they had unfortunately had a bad loss. They yeah. lost by 40. Uh, look, it's not much to talk about. It was... Definitely a four seasons and one day kind of affair at the hangar. So I had, thank goodness I brought my hoodie because it uh, it was sunshine, rain, sunshine, rain every 10 minutes. So very frustrating game, I think, for all the players. Very hard to get into the game. Okay. So a lot of people ask me, you know, how did Paddy Potty, Potty, Vosco, did he dominate? And you know, it was actually a very tricky game. He had two goals and 14 disposals, so it was no shame, um, but didn't have his normal impact. Uh, but he was still he was still in the game. Um, but it was a, you know, the whole team count, he kicked five goals. So yeah. uh, he kicked two of them. That's <laughs> not bad. So we just, we, the midfield struggled a bit to get the ball forward and, and then the delivery. There was, there was often times where there was two or three guys on Paddy Voss and it's, he's, he's not actually a tall giant, uh, that, in that aspect. So if you kick the ball a lot high to him, yeah, there's a much more taller defender sort of punching the ball away from him. So it just wasn't his kind of day. Um, uh, Hobbsy was clearly our best. Uh, I think he had 31 and 10 clearances. Fantastic performance. Um, first half, I think he would like to tidy up his disposal a little bit, if I'm being honest. Yep. Uh, but I think we've mentioned that before. But, look, overall, he still, he still was clearly the best on ground. Um, uh, small things, Mankara... He's still coming along. I think he's ahead of, of where the club thought he would be at this stage. I, I always had the feeling the club was always thought he would come in mid-season. So the fact he's playing VFL now was a really encouraging yeah, sign. It's a bonus, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you know, he only had one or two disposals in the first two games. In this game, I think he had eight or nine, kicked one goal, two. Just, uh, you know, it's a st- it was a step in at least in a better direction. Yeah. Uh, credit to Waller, who looked for him every time he had the ball. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, you know, Waller was really unselfish in this game. And I thought, you know, there's been a few 
critics of, of Wallow, I thought he actually ran out the game really well. And I, I watched him close. He was running out the game in the third and last quarter quite well. So uh, he's not, you know, he, he didn't have a massive impact on the day. And, um, uh, but he, he still had, you know, when he touches the ball, magic things happen. And that's, it's always been his gift. I thought probably our second best player was probably Ambrosio. He, okay. he was really good by foot. Just really clean and just sees the game so well. Good to see that he's keeping his eye in if we ever need him to come back in. Yeah, so um, uh, not much else. I thought Nick Bryan was actually very, very uh, good as well. Yeah, I, I read that as well. Uh, so, yeah, it was – actually, I will give a shout-out. Um, uh, I'll, I'll mention this too. Uh, on our Patreon podcast on uh, – th- do we have a Patreon? <laughs> yes, we do have a Patreon. We have a yeah. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catcher. Five dollars a month Australian. Uh, you, you can listen to all our unlimited shows. So yep. just an example, trending. I'm gonna we're gonna do a 40-minute show with Paul Cousins this Thursday for the Patreons. We're gonna do a ah. full overview of how the VFL's going. We always talk AFL. We end up always talking AFL as well and his thoughts on how Paul the Paul Cousins is the VFL president, isn't he? Yes, he is. Nice work. Thanks for the plug. Yeah. Um so yeah, so we'll cover that. But one question I'm gonna ask him. Is about Alistair Lord because that was the best game I'd seen Alistair Lord play. He had 21 disposals, running off. He was streaming off halfback consistently. Looked, you know, that was the first time I went, oh, actually, there could be a player here. There's something um, here, yeah. There's something here. So that was really, really encouraging. I thought that was his best game for the club. Uh, so, there was, look, there were some decent signs, but still you've lost by 40 points. And, and, like, Melbourne probably in the last 20 minutes did all the damage. Uh, the game was actually close for two and a half quarters, but um, uh, they just couldn't, yeah, they just, just, you know, very experienced kind of physical players at Melbourne and there's a reason why they such got such a successful program and then they win VFL premierships. So, so uh, just we just couldn't withhold the, uh, the youngsters, that physical, physicality in a wet, kind of wet day. So yep, okay. it is what it is, but, you know, um, we move on to the to, uh, the VFL is being played at midday at Victoria Park on Sunday for anyone interested. So it's a VFL Anzac Day clash. So if you want to go down and check out the guys, and, and it's a really – it's actually quite nice at Victoria Park. Quite Excuse now. me? Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, anyway. It's a prison. It's Victoria Park, right? So it's just a, don't get too excited. There is a dentist on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tattoo artist. <laughs> so uh, – yeah, so, uh, you know, if you can get down there, go and cheer the boys. But, um, look, that's – I wanted to give a, a bit of a shout-out uh, to the to the WA Bombers. So to our to our, all our WA listeners, please listen up. So the, the WA Bombers is a great group. Uh, they're doing a massive thing on Anzac Day for the game. So they're meeting at the Empire Bar in Lathlian. Uh, Lathlian? Lathlin, L-A-T-H-L-A-I-N, Lathlin, uh, Lathlin from yep. mi- from midday, and there'll be platters provided. You can watch the game. Uh, he doesn't love a platter. So Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so look, uh, if you're in WA and you're not sure what to do on Anzac Day, head down to the Empire Bar in Lathlin. Join join the whole Essendon WA family there and the WA Bombers and, and have an awesome time. Yes, mate. Um, same deal. I had a, a shout-out too. Um, she, yeah, Ben Gardner. Ben Gardner on the Facebook page uh, gave us a shout-out, said that uh, that Kira Catherine should start listening to the show, and I sort of said, yes, definitely you should, Kira. So uh, a massive shout-out to uh, one of our Facebook um, fans, and I assume um, now listening to the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast, Kira Catherine, and thanks, Ben, for the, uh, uh, for the shout-out. So, yeah. Look, that's it from us. Uh, bad... 
frustrating news with the Zach Mirrod. I'm not going to go into the whole. I'm one of those people that I, I you know, obviously I, I tweeted a lot of stuff and tried to give examples of why I didn't think it was uh, deserved a week, and I still don't think it's a week. I still think the primary what. Merritt was trying to do was try and get under him, and I thought he was under under the player enough to warrant that it wasn't too much of a um, a forceful action. But the AFL said no, it doesn't matter. You, the guy still hit his head on the ground, and and that was pretty much their excuse. It didn't matter if the the action was still okay. Just the out. Well, the outcome was he was still fine, so I don't get it all around. He bounced up is what he did, right? He bounced straight up off the ground <laughs> like nothing happened, took his kick, ran off, played the rest of the game. So, yeah. Look, it's frustrating, it's, but, but you know, um, you know, as, as, as we're talking to Will, it's just like you, you do have to move on quickly yep. as a team. And, you know, fan base can lament a bit, but as a team, you've got to move on and, um, and get everyone, you know, okay. The good thing is we play next Tuesday. So everyone's going to – the good thing is it's, it's only Tuesday now. So they've, got a, they've already got their head around at the club. They've got a full week to work out the tactic, what they're going to do, implement it at two training sessions from now. Um, so, you know, that's the, that's the positive and get it right. So it is what it is. But um, I did want to make sure we actually just did address it, but it's just frustrating. Uh, you know, you can probably hear my voice. I'm just frustrated that – that actually got a week, but yeah, is. that got a week and it spoiled an incredible game like Anzac Day. So, anywho, um, yeah. we don't get fined by the AFL, so we think it's a crap decision, <laughs> yes, um, basically. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it it is what it is. So, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for listening in. Hope you enjoy the uh, Will's uh, interview. Uh, we love doing Matt. the show. We love doing it for you. We love to inform you and and, and as a podcast and and get you. Uh, connection with the club and, 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 and that sort of stuff. So we appreciate all your, your loyalty and, and your, your support for the show. Beautiful. Um, yeah, thank you, everybody. We will be back on the Thursday night team selection show with our Patreon. Um, and then um, after that, on the uh, after the Anzac Day game, we will be there. So it's probably going to be a little bit after the game, but we will be doing our post-game reaction show. We're genuinely hoping we're bouncing off walls for that one. Um, and then we're back into the main pot on a Monday. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Catch you guys.